0: You made it! Yes, this is Bills by the Numbers, presented by fans who will make every moment more. Coming up, a last look back at how Buffalo's 2021 season could have been different had they come out on the right end of their coin flip games, and we're not even talking about the divisional playoff in Kansas City. Ty Schalter, the football analyst who put together the opportunities lost, explains why the Bills... We're at the top of that list, and we've got our one burning question. Hey, Steve, heads I win, tails you lose. Glad to have you join us here on Bills by the Numbers, presented by FanDuel, and we're out of the blocks with a very interesting look back at the 2021 season. Bills Wall of Famer, Steve Tasker there, Chris Brown, Bills Insider here. Ty Schalter from The538.com put together a very interesting chart on coin flip games, which we'll explain more in a second. But Steve, we know the games that stood out the most last season for the Bills. Tennessee, Jacksonville, the first New England game, and the Tampa overtime game. Those were their coin flip games last year. They came out on the wrong end of every single one of them.
1: Yeah and I think perhaps uh, even the Pittsburgh game on opening day kind of might have qualified for a minute mm-hmm. uh it's uh it, they got to do better now it did look good for them because they won all their games by double digits lost most of their all but one of their games by single digits they were within a score of all of those games at the end except for the Indianapolis game which is the the one game last year where just they had no shot it wasn't going to happen yeah and um uh, so they it, all those things point to you being a really solid team, no question about it, and, of course, the Bills were. But you start to look at those results and you search for reasons why they're not winning close games. Is it an attitude? Is it decisions? Is it different reasons every week in which you know every game is different and certainly every game is unique, but what can they do – to give themselves a better chance in one score game, certainly look at the Tennessee game. Josh slips on a quarterback sneak. Otherwise, they get that they get the yardage needed, and they, they have a chance to win the game. They're in the end zone and they win. The Tampa Bay game. Steph Diggs getting down the sidelines gets pulled and grabbed, and there's like nineteen thousand photos on YouTube. That of happened twice. That in he that got. Game. That's right. He got pulled on. They, there was no call, uh, which would have set up the Bills for the game-winning score. Uh, the the New, New, England England game. New England game, of course, 40-mile-an-hour wins dooms them. So every game like that in those close games, all the ones we've mentioned, seem very different in their out, in their outcome and the reasons for the outcome. But you start to look at it, and, and there's a trend there. There's no question about it.
0: Yeah, We know that those four losses were instrumental in forcing the Bills to go on the road after the wild-card round to the playoffs. They had to go to Kansas City, where the Chiefs have not lost in the playoffs, since 2018 when an offsides penalty negated a Chiefs interception against Tom Brady and the Patriots, who went on to win in overtime and advance to the Super Bowl. Talk about a coin flip game. But it kept the Bills from hosting playoff games throughout the postseason, and I think we know unequivocally it made a difference. And it was a theme in the aftermath comments from Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, and Josh Allen. The goal now is home field advantage throughout the playoffs. ESPN stats and information put together the criteria for what's described as a coin flip game. It is a game in which the favorite in the matchup had a 60% win probability or less with five minutes or less left in regulation. The Bills and the Colts had the most such games that went the wrong way for them last season. Both Buffalo and Indy had four such games last year, meaning the Colts would have made the playoffs If just one of those games had gone their way and the Bills could have had home field advantage throughout the playoffs had just the Titans game gone their way and Josh Allen not slipped at the goal line because that would have made the Bills 12-5 on the season, Tennessee 11-6, and then the Bills had the head-to-head in the regular season against Kansas City and the Bills would have been the top seed in the AFC. Steve, I know you're not a fan of woulda, coulda, shoulda, but we're not talking about all four of those coin flip games going
1: Buffalo's way. We're talking about just one. Yeah, and that's, that's a pretty frustrating position to be in. Uh, that's how good the Bills have been over the last two years. I've, I'm have i one of the few people who you hear about saying, listen, in 2020 when they got beat by two touchdowns in Kansas City, they were good enough to win, go to and win the Super Bowl that year. They certainly were good enough last year at the end of the year offensively when they had a the number one defense and their offense was humming on all cylinders and played an absolutely perfect game against the New England Patriots in the wild card round. Right. That's how good they are. The question, but the problem is there are so many moving parts, and you don't get to when you're that good, and you get to that level of play in the postseason. You're not playing in a vacuum. The Chiefs are a very good football team. The Patriots were a very good playoff football team the year before. The Chiefs were very good. The Baltimore Ravens were a very good team the year before that, and so were the Indianapolis Colts. They have won a lot of playoff games against good teams, but you've got to keep winning. And mm-hmm. and I, I've said it, it's my mantra: you got to play well on that day. You have to play well on that day. Take it from a from an old guy who got his head caved in in four straight Super Bowls that day is the one that matters and every break and every bad bounce and every bad call or non-call and every mistake mentally is magnified and the bills have fallen victim to that over the last three years um, even in Houston they come out with a 16 to nothing lead in 2018 or 19, 19 yeah uh, and can't finish the deal so You've got to play well on that day, no matter how good you are. Great teams know that, and the Bills, you know, have yet to get to the ultimate game. But they have, you know, you when you get to those playoff games, every single play matters. I told you they made a couple of mistakes in that 13 seconds. They made a couple of consecutive mistakes on consecutive plays. That's the game. Yeah. Period. If the Chiefs would have made a couple of extra mistakes, the Bills would have won that game.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing that gives me solace. In seeing these numbers with the Bills and the Colts at the top of the chart with four such coin flip games that went the wrong way, realizing that if everything bounced right, the Bills could have been 15-2, and and heck, the Colts could have been 13-4. and But to me, that's unrealistic because you're not going to get all the bounces. As we've talked about a lot, the margins from one team to the next are so narrow that very often it's just as you often say, two or three plays in a game can flip a game. And so I, I take what I take solace in, Steve, is the Bills are such a good team. They didn't need all four of those games to go their way. But if just one did, they could have been hosting the AFC well, playoffs. They would the AFC playoffs would have gone through Buffalo with just that Titans game and a slip on the turf. And granted, a good play by Tennessee's defensive line. I mean, they owned the line of scrimmage on that last play mm-hmm. from scrimmage, too. Even if Josh did have good footing, I still don't know if he right, gets in because no Jeffrey Simmons blew that play up from the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I, I I take solace in that because when you look at this coming season, you say, oh, damn, that means we got to win every coin flip game. I don't think they do. They have to win a couple of them. They have well, to win a couple of the tight ones going forward um but looking back on those four games do we consider any of those losses just a product of bad luck or just a bad day i know you kind of touched on them a little bit but would you call some of them bad luck or just a bad day how well, would you some categorize of them, yeah. them
1: and we call them coin flip if it was truly a coin flip it would you'd expect to win half of them yeah not just one out of four but two out or of zero three. out of four right or zero out of four you if it was truly a coin flip, which is you know not what we're talking about, but the, you know you can make a coin, yes, case for the Kansas City game last year came down to the coin flip at the end when Josh called,
0: and that one's not even called, in this. I equation. think he called
1: tails and it came up heads, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's some of them. Some of them were bad luck. Some bad, were non calls.
0: I would call the I would call the Titans game the bad Titans luck. game Your bad luck
1: slips on the turf. I mean the the Tampa Bay game was the officials call. Um,
0: Yeah, Tampa is bad luck because there was pass interference calls on two pretty important plays that were not called that likely would have changed the
1: course of that game. It's a fresh
0: set of downs on the one-yard line for the Bills on that one where – Diggs almost gets his pads ripped off through his right. jersey. Right.
1: So yeah, some of it's bad luck. Some of it's
0: Jaguars just a bad mistake. day. Wouldn't you say Jaguars game? Jaguars that's a bad day. day. And I'll say Not this too: the,
1: the AFC Championship game two years ago was a bad day for the Bills. Great day for the Chiefs. They played their best game in three months in that game. The Bills played their worst game in mm-hmm. two months in that game. The yeah. last ten weeks. So a lot of it's sprinkled in there. Every there's every reason why you lose games. None of them are exactly the same. Um, the Bills are too good. To get beat the same way week after week. Okay. So every game is going to take a different scenario for you to get the best of this team because they're that good.
0: All right, so let's explore that. Knowing the Bills only had one loss last year that was by more than one score, what has to be different in the handful – and you may have answered this already – what has to be different in the handful of close ones that Buffalo might have to make sure they finish them off with Ws? Because you know how stacked
1: the AFC right. is this year. Now, I think you you – I think you play within yourself, no question. You got a quarterback like Josh, and when the chips are down, and, and he's, he's being credited with eight come from behind or game winning drives in his career. And you think about it, he could have 11. 11. Yeah. The first in 2018, the Charles Clay drop. That would have been the, the game winner in that game. It was on the last play of the game. The Kyler Murray, Hale Murray. They, a, a Hail Mary beats him after he had driven down and hit De- digs in the corner with of the 32 end zone seconds with 32 left. seconds left. The 13-second game in Kansas City. There's three where he did everything he could. Throw the, the Houston guy, playoff the game The guy in. is clutch. Throw the Houston he is,
0: playoff game in.
1: Drives the, him down to give uh,
0: Stephen Hauschka a chance to kick a field goal to force overtime after the collapse happened. Right. So,
1: it's yeah. Clu- he's clutch. So, yes. the and, I don't know what to say. I I don't think anything has to change. I think certainly their defense needs to play better in crucial moments where you can't let those guys off the hook. You know, a lucky a lucky catch. You have your three best defensive backs defending the guy, and he makes the catch. Right. Uh, those kind of things. And and you know, and it's, it's a little bit on the coaches too, where they're playing too soft in Kansas City, and they got three timeouts, so they don't yeah. need, you know, they don't need to stop the stopping the clocks, no problem. So it's a different, it's something different every game, and so I don't think there's a generality that something has to change. You just got to do better at everything you do in those crunch moments.
0: I kind of look at some of those games last year and I say to myself, okay, what has to change is the Bills have to have more of those grinded-out wins when they're in a tight game and may not have their best that day. Pittsburgh's an example of that. And you look at the big banner hanging out on the practice field. Find a way right to win the game. Jacksonville is a perfect example from last year. They played down to their level of competition. They were not playing their best. It's a field goal game. You have to find a way right. to win that game anyway, even when you don't have your best. And that doesn't put just mean Josh. You gotta have other guys coming up with a play somewhere yes. that shifts the course of the game so you can pull it out in the end even if you do not play your best. That's the way they get over this hump that has seemingly stood in their way in the playoffs or in the regular season that hasn't gotten them the seed they wanted in the playoffs. To me, that's what has to change first and foremost. All right, Right. good discussion there. We'll dive into the coin flip games on a league-wide basis a bit more with the 538's Ty Schalter shortly, but right now, It's time for the numbers game. This week, Steve will have to come up with seven of the top ten teams in point differential. Points are what wins games, as we know. So, Steve, can you name seven teams in the top ten for point differential in 2021? All right. I will start with the Buffalo Bills. Led the league, plus 194. That was your gimme. Right. I will go <laughs>
1: I to the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Chiefs were fifth, plus 116 on the year last year.
1: The Los Angeles Rams.
0: Rams were sixth, plus 88. You are three for three. Tampa Bay. Tampa number four on the list, plus 158.
1: Did you cheat? No. Um, are you looking up the list as we No, speak? I'm, I've got a list of the teams here, so I don't forget anybody that I needed to do. Okay. You know. um, oh, I know who. Tennessee. Tennessee is incorrect. Really? They were not. They're the one seed. They won a lot of close games. Too. Wow. Okay. A lot of close games. Right. As a
0: matter of fact, I want to see where they are on these coin flips. All
1: right, wait a minute, wait a minute. All right, uh, Green Bay.
0: Green Bay is on the list, just squeaked in at number 10, plus 79. Where am I at? Where am I at? So, so far, you have Buffalo, Tampa, Kansas City, the Rams, and Green Bay. You need two more to satisfy seven of the top ten That's needed. six you
1: just mentioned.
0: Buffalo, Tampa, Kansas City, Rams, Green Bay. You have five. You need two more to satisfy the quota. Cincinnati, number eight, plus 84. (laughs) You need one more, my friend. Oh, baby. Here it is. Dallas. Dallas, plus 172. (laughs) Steve, second in the league in point differential. And they did not make the playoffs. Do you know what that they says make the to me? Playoffs last year. Oh wait, Dallas. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they were the three seed, and teams. then they blew it.
1: Then they blew it. Yeah, they blew, they blew the like, playoffs. That's what it
0: they works, were. Twelve so. and five.
1: The Dallas Cowboys were. Yes.
0: Plus yeah. one se- yeah, I mean, Maybe it's it. just in my head. I never want to see them in the postseason. <laughs> that must be what it is. But to me, wait, when you're plus one seventy-two, occupy in my head. You're plus one seventy-two. Yeah, you got to win. And you know, well, that's
1: twelve and five. That's pretty good season. Yeah, it is a good
0: season, but. You got to do better than getting in. Yeah. You got to win a game. Indianapolis, seventh in point differential, Steve, plus eighty-six, did not make the postseason. So that was that's a rough one. Yeah. Every other team in the top ten in point differential qualified for the playoffs. Indianapolis, the only team that did not. I should also mention the Indianapolis Bills didn't make the playoffs though.
1: Pit, who was it? Pittsburgh that didn't make the top ten. Pittsburgh did not make the yeah, top okay, ten. They, were, they, they got in, in. They got in, yeah. So New England, There's Vegas, one or two Cincinnati, other teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the teams you did not get on this list, New England, third in point differential, plus 159. I am not expecting that this year from them. And the other team you did not get, Arizona, plus 83. They were ninth in point differential. Bills also third in first-half point differential, and first in second-half point differential last year. Heck of a point-producing season for the Bills. All right. Right now, new customers can get their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just sign up today by going to sportsbook.fanduel.com or by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the Buffalo Bills. Time for us now to catch up. With the 538 NFL contributor, Ty Schalter, who wrote the NFL teams that made their own luck and misfortune in 2021. Here's Ty. All right, Ty. So let's start here. Um, The thing that I took from the write-up is (laughs) you can choose, if you're an NFL fan, to call your team lucky or unlucky. Or you can choose to call your team clutch or not clutch. Based on the data, what do you think is a more apt description here? What is the fairer description? Lucky or unlucky, or clutch or not clutch?
2: <laughs> Great question. You got right to the end first. Uh, you know, we know statistically, uh, NFL results are consistent with about three quarters of it being either the, the better team wins or luck goes the better team's way right? So about a quarter, maybe even a little more of all NFL results come down to pure luck. And that's just, you know, just the way the ball bounces, funny shaped ball and all that. And what I tried to look at is, you know, every year people go, oh, well, you know, look at how our team did in one score games, especially, you know, if your team does not have talent, like the Bills did not make the playoffs or sitting there going, yeah, well, if we just, you know, won all those games that were so close, um, then, then, you know, it would be, you know, we can, we can do it. We, we're not that far away. Uh, but as we know, all one, all games that finish within one score weren't actually winnable. So what I try to do is go back and look at what games are actually winnable, what games are actually close at the end. How did your team do in those games? And like you said, uh, some of it is is luck and some of it comes down the clutch. And I think, you know, in some circumstances, the Colts lost all four close games they played. And you, know, you, you might look at that and say, well, maybe the quarterback wasn't so clutch, but then we also see that the Bills did the same, and we know that Josh Allen comes up big in big moments. What do you think is is the—I mean, that's
1: what you're trying to do with these analytics. You kind of dive deep and try and be predictive or try and get to where what is the trait or thing that you can fix to give you a better chance in these one-score games. and. We, we kind of dashed down over the, just off the top of our heads about the close games the Bills lost, and it seems to be a completely different reason in each one of them. The quarterback slips on a quarterback sneak or a missed call in a, on an official, a dropped pass in this spot. Um, Ridiculous wind against right, New England. Right, 40-mile-per-hour winds, that kind of thing. What is the generalization that you can draw from these one-score games? Because you're right, it, it comes down to a myriad of
2: unforeseeable circumstances. Yeah, and that's where we go to other metrics like, um, you know, scoring margin. You know, the Bills outscored their opponents by a lot, right? We expect them to win even more games than they won. Uh, There's a thing called Pythagorean wins, which kind of looks at that and goes, "Okay, you outscored your opponents by this many points per game on average. You should have won this many games and the Bills underperformed in terms of wins and losses. So that's exactly where you look at. This is more of a luck thing than a skill thing. And certainly you look at you know Colts and some of the other teams that may have been unlucky and you start to look at, well, okay, was this a talent thing? How close were they playing teams? You look at somebody like the Ravens. And I know we talk about this as like, ah, analytics, like, what, you know, is this all you know voodoo or whatever? But the Ravens, the numbers that we saw in the coin flip games, they were right up there at the top with the most games won late. And right there at the top of the most games lost late because that's how their team played. They played conservative on offense early. Their defense could not keep pace, and they got aggressive on offense late to make up for it. And Lamar Jackson got them within striking distance time after time after time, and sometimes they won, and sometimes they lost. And I think, well, what do you need to fix? You need to fix that defense first of all, and then you need to make sure you have the weapons to get aggressive on offense early and be protecting a lead instead of always chasing one. Which seems
0: like an awfully dangerous tightrope to walk as an approach to football <laughs> games. Um, yeah, And as we know, the Ravens ended up on the wrong end of that and didn't qualify for the playoffs. What I found interesting, though, was where you were writing about randomness in football games and how it doesn't just exist in the last five minutes, which is kind of what you look to to determine coin flip games, but that it's a down-to-down constant. Can you just define what randomness is in this whole examination
2: yeah sure well and it's like the stuff that you said okay you can't there's not a talent or scheme thing you can do to fix 40 mile an hour wind there's not a talent <laughs> right. or scheme thing you can do to to miss a blown call right to, to fix right. that uh what you, you can control what you can control but even then stuff happens you know everything goes right quarterback puts the ball in the right spot, bounces off the receiver's hands, the guy who normally catches it, right? There, there's all sorts of things that happen every single play that influence the result. And, you know, one of the things we talk about, you know, like high leverage situations at the end of both halves, you know, at in the last five minutes of the second half is important at the last five minutes of the first half is important too. maybe it's that third down that you didn't convert on the second series that would have been the one that got you within scoring distance that got you a three points and then you lost by two at the end right so that happens throughout the game and part of this is trying to figure out where are where are you failing to optimize where are you failing to make the right decisions where you can do better and obviously you know the bills talent-laden team made a lot of right decisions lost some very close games by some very weird circumstances, and and they've certainly, you know, continued to grow stronger throughout the offseason. And you look at that and you go, you know, this is a team that looks set to do better this year than they did last year, just in terms of wins and losses. Yeah.
1: Does a team that's talented, I mean, and there's good teams, bad teams, or whatever, maybe, uh, you know, teams that are horse rate, you know, two bad teams look like two good teams, right? I mean, and two great Mm -hmm. teams look, you know, the same. Is there something about good teams or bad teams that, helps them to overcome the bad things that happen outside of this coin flip time, you know, with the last 5 minutes of a game where it's close and each team has a chance to win, do good teams overcome the stuff that happened before that to get them into this spot or do bad teams find a way to blow it <laughs> early on and the and the, you know and the good team can't doesn't run out and leave them there's there's all kinds of scenarios you can conjure up for this but what separates good teams and bad teams and how many coin flip games they get into i
2: guess yeah well i guess it's it's really situational football right and understanding the talent that you have and asking them to do what they do well right we talk about this um you know and again with the ravens you know john harbaugh took a lot of heat for his game late game decision making where he went for it over yeah. and over again going for yeah, the win right. instead of the tie and people are like what are you thinking he's like i'm thinking I've got Lamar Jackson, maybe the most dangerous short yardage threat in the game, and I've got like two healthy cornerbacks on the roster that have played every snap this game. If this goes to overtime, this is not going to go my way, right? So understanding, okay, I'm looking at all these numbers based on averages. Where is my team different than the average? Where are my strengths? What are the other team's weaknesses? Um, and, And kind of applying that again, down to down throughout the game and understanding, okay, well, if I punt in opponent territory in the second quarter, Okay, I'm kicking the can down the road. I'm, I'm making a safe play, and in years past, you know, you'd never get fired for that. But then, at the end of the game, you're sitting there pulling out all the stops and and you know throwing every down, and you're desperate to catch up. Well, you've missed opportunities earlier, and I think you know good coaches come in with with prepared game plans and understand that you can't just go out and quote unquote play your game every single game. You've got to understand what you can do well and when you can do it well.
0: Yeah, you jarred my memory with the Ravens last year. I was, I was agreeing <laughs> with Harbaugh. You don't want to lengthen the game when you've got nobody to put out there on right. defense. You want to shorten yeah. it and end yeah. it right now. Yeah, so I, right. Was, I was firmly in John Harbaugh's boat, 100%. All right, last one for you, Ty. You wrote that the average team's record last season could have changed by plus or minus 2.1 wins, and you said eight teams, based on this data that we saw on your charts, had a swing of plus or minus four wins. Are we anticipating those numbers to hold true year over year? So, like, is that something we can anticipate again here in 2022?
2: Yeah, and I looked at this um, a couple of years ago, and I kind of looked over the last six years, which is about as far back as I had good data, and I didn't see any significant trend or change. I think this is about right. Um, You know, the, the Ravens were certainly as wild a team with you know as many games in swing as possible right um, but really more than three four games you're not going to see much more than that but i think across the board most teams are going to play at least two or three where it's you know 50 50 like i said i, I defined it as 60 40 win probability late uh, or, or narrower between the two teams so most teams are going to have two or three of these that could go their way or against them
0: yeah Tonight, so thanks so much yeah well while, while i think the league Loves having a lot of these coin flip games. (laughs) I got to believe that a lot of fans have a lot shorter fingernails because of it. Thanks again, Ty. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you down the line.
2: Absolutely. Anytime, guys.
0: We move on now to our one burning question, and it deals with these coin flip games a bit, Steve. Coin flip games can flip in your favor if you can deliver a splash play. So with that in mind, do you believe... The splash play potential for the Bills has gone up more on offense or defense
1: depend you know
0: oh, I see. looking yeah. at what they've added no, here I,
1: in the offseason I think it's absolutely defense I think the pressure the pressure they're able to bring a bit to bear on the passer their elevated run defense up front is just kind of ripple effects so I think this defense will make way more splash plays than it did a year ago they played extremely solidly up front and all over the field last year. Their secondary has a chance to be better than it was a year ago. Their front seven, I think there's no question they're going to play better than they did a year ago. And for that reason, I think they're going to, they're going to see more desperate teams. And the only thing that may be different that may keep them static and maybe not have as many splash plays is the offense. Ken Dorsey and this offense, we don't know what it's going to look like. So they – Unless they drop off significantly and don't score points like they did at the same pace last year, their opponents won't be in pressure situations to keep up uh, like the Patriots were in the playoffs or in the last in week 16 matchup and, and other teams down the line too. So, yeah, I think it's all on defense this year for their ability to make splash plays. It's going to be better.
0: It it wasn't a knee-jerk answer for me. I didn't answer right away. I wanted to think about it first. Um because I thought to myself, okay, Gabe Davis is going to have a bigger role, looked pretty good in that Kansas City playoff game in terms of delivering splash plays. Isaiah McKenzie can be an electric performer out of the slot. Um, maybe not splash plays per se, but consistency. And then I was trying to think, okay, what does James Cook deliver? But it's kind of a – it's a little bit more of an unknown. We, we don't really know, to your point, because Dorsey's the offensive coordinator, it might look a little bit different this right. year. So yeah, for those reasons, I'm with you. I am on the defensive side of the ball as the side that delivers more splash plays this season. Von Miller alone is a big play multiplier. He's a force multiplier as a pass rusher just from what he can do himself on the field. Then the trickle-down effect from him in terms of the opportunity that could create for Greg Rousseau or Boogie Basham or AJ Epinesa or Ed Oliver inside. Then you add the big, the big uglies in the middle who are athletic in their own right Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips helping Ed on the inside. I think this defensive front is going to be an absolute terror. And I think because of their pass rushing talents that have been added to the front, you're going to be able to drop seven into coverage more often which to me means you got more hands in the passing lanes. To me, that, leads to, that means more interceptions as right. far as I'm concerned. And so I think the, the splash play potential of the defense will go up precipitously this year. And I think there will be some games, knowing how stacked the AFC is, where we're going to be doing post-game analysis here on a Monday on our daily show, One Bills Live, and saying the defense won that game and we
1: didn't we haven't well said happen. that a whole heck a while, of a lot yeah. the last couple yeah, of years. It's been a while, but I think yeah, you may be right. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see that take place um, because you're because the conference is loaded.
0: We leave you with our closing figure. While we know the Bills led the league in point differential, did you know they did it despite the lack of a consistent pass rush last season? The Bills were tied for 5th in the league. In sack differential, Hmm. with a figure of plus 15, which tied them with San Francisco, who we know have proven pass rushers, you know, Nick Bosa, among others. So a pretty impressive showing for Buffalo's pass rush last year, despite not having a marquee pass rusher, per se. Now with Von Miller and some athletic interior defenders, as we've mentioned, what does that differential look like this season? That's fun to well, think about.
1: It was, one of the reasons the, the sack differential is is your sacks four and a sacks against. Mm-hmm. Josh doesn't get sacked much. That's right. Um, running he's around. Hard to, he's hard to catch. That the fact that they're fifth means you know, the offensive line of the Bills did a nice job and so did Josh, staying away from it. Right. So everything they got was plus almost. So
0: So think about it now and what yeah. it could look like.
1: Because I'll say this: our, the Bills' offensive line is bigger and more athletic down inside, and that's pretty fun to think about. Defensive De- line, dif- defensive and offensive yeah. line. I think, uh, I think Saffold and Bates oh, are, okay. are going to help, um, not only in the in the pass protection, but also in the run game. If their run game is more effective, you don't have to throw as much, or the throws come out quicker because it's shorter yardage. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm. Uh, if they're not top five this year. In sack differential. Yeah, in sack differential, something's gone terribly wrong.
0: That'll put a wrap on this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use or watch us on the Bills' YouTube channel. And remember, when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. We'll catch you next week, everybody!